Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Emeryville. For you, it might be that city you drive to when you want to go to Ikea, or it's the exit you take off the freeway to avoid the MacArthur maze. But actually, Emeryville is far more than that. Other cities across the Bay Area hit roadblocks when it comes to developing affordable housing, including city politics and resident protests, but not Emeryville. It's building far more than its fair share of housing compared to other cities in the Bay Area, and it's long had a reputation of welcoming development of all kinds. Emeryville's population has nearly doubled since 2000, and it's on track to continue to boom under the pro-development stance that other Bay Area cities have shunned. So why is Emeryville so different? Let's ask Chronicle reporter J.K. Deneen. He covers housing and real estate, and he's got a story out now about Emeryville's building boom. J.K., thanks for joining me on Fifth Admission. Thanks for having me. So, J.K., an interesting thing that I didn't realize before reading your latest story is that there's an association of Bay Area governments that allocate new housing quotas for each city. Can you tell me more about that process and why Emeryville stands apart? Yeah, so every eight years, the state mandates that every county and city does a uh, housing element, it's called. And for Northern California, it is regulated by the Association of Bay Area Governments, known as ABAG. Basically, ABAG looks at each community and um, tells them how much housing that they should accommodate for over the next eight years. In the past, it was there really wasn't any teeth to it. But nowadays, with the housing crisis, there's been a whole bunch of pieces of state legislation that make it so that communities really do have to to at least make an honest effort to uh, meet their goals. So Emeryville is um, one of the smaller um, communities in Alameda County, just under 13,000 people. And they have um, been very aggressive um, for a long time in terms of development especially housing recently, they're doing pretty well on their, uh, it's called RENA, which is Regional Housing Needs Allocation. And they are uh, hoping to not only meet their uh, RENA goals in the next eight years, but exceed them by like 50%. So Emeryville is going to exceed its goals. What makes the city uniquely positioned to do that? And why might developers be eager to work with Emeryville compared to other Bay Area cities? Emeryville uh, takes uh, a lot of the guessing out of the approval process. Um, They have uh, very clear rules as far as what you can and can't do. They are just super accommodating. Um, uh, They don't negotiate individual development deals like we do here in San Francisco uh, and try to squeeze extra community benefits or affordable units out of 
developers. Everything is very clear up front. They've also been quite aggressive in raising money for affordable housing. They passed a $50 million bond. And um, that doesn't may not sound like a lot um, if you're in San Francisco, um, which passed a $600 million bond. But Emeryville is like one 65th the size of San Francisco. So it's a, it's a lot of money for, for a small city like Emeryville. Um, and they are aggressively buying up sites. Um, if you walk along San Pablo from the, the Oakland border to the, to the Berkeley border, you pass by a number of sites that at one building just already opened. Um, it's family low income housing. There's another, site that's going to be f- about 90 units for formerly homeless people. There's another site um, that's in the works that will be um, about 70 units for a combination of uh, low-income senior citizens as well as um, kids or youth that are uh, aging out of foster care. And so, yeah, for, for a little, little city, uh, they really um, uh, do a lot. So Emeryville is doing a lot when it comes to affordable housing. And JK, I grew up in the Bay Area. I've long associated the city with shopping, going to the movies, and that Chinese banquet restaurant that my family's been going to for forever for dim sum. But Emeryville's also attracted a lot of new residents. Can you tell me a little bit about how the city has grown in recent years? Yeah, I mean, I think that your memories still continue to define Emeryville. I mean, for a one-square-mile town, it does have four um, major shopping centers. Um, there's a card room on San Pablo that's actually the biggest um, taxpayer in Emeryville. I've um, seen it. People love to play poker there, I guess. As um, the Bay Area has gotten more affluent, um, as Oakland and Berkeley have um, gotten more expensive, um, Emeryville has kind of been along for the ride, and they've also been uh, very adept at attracting uh, high-quality jobs. So Pixar has its headquarters in Emeryville. Pete's Coffee is there. They just built a new pedestrian bridge, um, which connects uh, the the east side of town and the west side of town across the Southern Pacific um, railroad tracks. A biotech uh, real estate company is building about a million square feet of life science research lab space. And so the hope is that that'll continue to bring in um, tax dollars, but also that they're hoping that they'll be successful in getting those um, life science workers to, to live, you know, right where they work. And that'll put more people on the streets. It'll help the stores, maybe attract new restaurants and, and, um, and make what has really been a very car-oriented city, um, more kind of urban and walkable. And that new pedestrian bicycle bridge that you just mentioned, it cost over $20 million to build. So is the city benefiting from money coming in from these kinds of development projects we're discussing? And how are they allocating that money? Do we know? I mean, yes, Emeryville's always been considered a, a cash cow. I mean, it had um, so few residents, and so uh, the the city has had a lot of uh, tax revenues and not a lot of people to to spend the money on. They have like the Emory Go Round, which is a free public transportation system that anybody can just jump on anytime. 
Um, and that's paid for by all these companies that pay like a parcel tax. Um, they just built a brand new, really fancy high school with a rec center and a beautiful pool. And I think that they're you know, planning on, on doing a lot more of that. More with J.K. Deneen after a quick break. He'll share how Emeryville is addressing homelessness and what other Bay Area cities can learn from Emeryville's approach to development. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for full digital access. And right now, you can get 26 weeks for just 99 cents total. Go to sfchronicle.com slash pod or download the San Francisco Chronicle app. Despite all this development and these resources to do that, you know, Emeryville is not immune to things like homeless encampments. We we see that when we, we enter the city. Do we know if the city is also allocating uh, resources to address that issue in addition to building more affordable housing? Yeah, well, one of the uh, projects there at 3600 San Pablo is for formerly homeless people. There's also a... Um, a food pantry, um, and they are going to be building a new food pantry with a with a place where you could also get hot meals as part of that development. They worked closely with Oakland to deal with the the a big homeless encampment that was behind the Home Depot, which is right on the border there. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough. I think that, I don't think that they have any magic solution to homelessness. So, J.K., the last time we chatted, we talked about that failed plan to develop 500 new homes on an empty parking lot in San Francisco's Soma district. Supervisors got a lot of flack for that, including from Mayor Breed herself. So what is it about Emeryville's city governance that differentiates itself from other Bay Area leaders? I don't know why it is, but the city council in Emeryville has a much more relaxed view of what should be built and can be built. So many of the residents are new and they don't have sort of the sentimental attachment to the the way that the city was when they grew up, like so many people say in Berkeley do or parts of San Francisco where they really are uh, resist change. Um, I mean, Emeryville sort of an upstart of a city. So that means there's lots of new folks um, and they're living in new housing and they probably welcome more of it. So, J.K., you write about housing and development a lot for The Chronicle. And I wonder from your perspective, you know, we clearly have a housing crisis across the Bay Area region. Everyone can agree on that. Are there strategies or lessons to be learned from Emeryville that you think other cities like San Francisco or Berkeley can take notes from? I mean, I think clear clear rules is important. If you look at what neighborhoods have done really well in San Francisco with development, it's been areas that had master plans. Um, so the Market Octavia, uh, which is kind of the area near Hayes Valley and, and between Mid-Market and the Castro on Market Street, where there was very clear rules set out where you, know, you the, here's your density, here's your height, Here's what you have to pay in fees. And so with, when developers know what they can and can't do, um, it makes it a lot easier to go to the bank in the different lenders and say, you know, here's what we can build. Here's how much income we might be able to generate. I think that too often in San Francisco, 
it's an ad hoc kind of negotiation between the elected official, the community, the developer, and lots of different people at the table asking for different things. And they call it like the Christmas tree effect. The next thing you know, um, there are so many ornaments on the tree that the thing is like falling down and, and the project isn't um, feasible. The Christmas tree effect. I haven't heard that before. I like that metaphor. You know, every city has its own unique set of challenges, but it's certainly nice to hear about how affordable housing is working in one Bay Area city. JK, thank you for your reporting and thanks for explaining it to us. Thank you for having me. J.K. Deneen covers real estate development for the San Francisco Chronicle. His story about Emeryville is online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. Thanks to you for listening. <laughs> 